<laughs> Nigga, please. Please for my sanity. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm a black man, black man, I'm outside. I'm the black man, black man, I'm outside. I'm the black man, black man, I'm black man, black man, black man, black 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 yeah, welcome to another episode of Black Man Do Talk, where we have overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. I am your host, Street Hymns. My name is Elisha. Yes. My name is Nate. Yeah. That is Nate. We, say, let me see. Get a little louder. My name is Nate. Okay. It's, 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 Shout it's, out. It's a little bit there. You Shout out me? to Caleb. He's not here. He out in uh, New York City getting his uh, Dance Dance Revolution on. Indeed, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, no. I need a special shout out real quick, man. You do because we got a special guest in the building. Yes, we do, and his name is Dandy Son. My man, Dandy Son. If y'all don't know, he right there in the back. Say what's up, Dandy. I mean, say what's everybody else say what's up, Dandy. Indeed. There we go. So there we he go. is the author, the voice, the voice behind. The black man do talk intro. You feel me? Black so, man couldn't talk without that song. I'm trying to tell you. Absolutely. And when I tell you, bro, first of all, talk to me. When I first pitched this song to them, I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't like it. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> After episode six, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> me and Kay, me and Caleb were like, eh. And Caleb's the agreeable one, so he just said, I'm going to go with it. I said, yeah, no. Nah. Wow. So he technically, it was a tie because me and Sway liked it. And it's it was interesting like, how you count Sway's votes sometimes. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, how, was, how was y'all's week, man? How was, how was... Also, another special, special guest. Shout out to Nate. What's good, bro? Indeed, indeed. Uh, how was your week, Nate? Go to more, more, more sensible things. My week has been chill. Chill. Yeah, yeah. I can't complain. What's one good thing that came out of your week? Me? Um, I would say, I don't know, just beautiful conversations with people I love. Dope, you dope, dope, dope. Um, had a conversation with a mentor that was really in- insightful, impactful. So That's always nice. Um, I would say that's always dope. Street, how was your week, bro? Productive, man. I feel like uh, really catching the rhythm of this uh this uh this the Steve Harvey no sleep thing, man. You feel me? Right? You Steve know Steve Harvey is pro sleep deprivation. <laughs> nah, I'll be I'll be getting rest. <laughs> nah, I'll be getting rest. Uh I, I just feel like um I'm I'm really starting to enjoy just the, the hustle and the bustle of getting things done, making calls, setting up meetings, scheduling yeah. flights, etc. You know, I'm really trying to get this whole scheduling thing down. And I've always, ex- it's always been something that's like not been me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so yeah. uh, I don't want that to continue into the next phase of my life. So, yeah. Shout out to you for challenging yourself. Also, I'm going to give you a quick shout out. This man, Mitchell, has been hustling, grinding. Mm-hmm. We, he, he has been getting videos up on that YouTube like he about to lead this earth. And so shout out to Mitchell. I'm proud of you, black man. I do love you, black man. man. We appreciate your grind. You know what I'm saying? Everybody on this team has a role to play, and you play yours quite quite well. Well, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. How was your week, bro? It was good, man. Um, Short week, because MLK week. Um, Work was cool. Um, Got some additional work on the side that's going to bring in some income, so I'm excited about that. Um... Birthday's on Friday, so it's up. 
and it's Indeed. stuck. You feel me? We we leaving the country again? Nah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not this year. I'm uh I'm moving out soon, so you know I gotta be financially responsible to another degree at this point in my life. Indeed. We we went to the islands two years ago. Remember? You know what I'm saying? I had my uh, my swim trucks. You know the Hawaiian thing. I was out there look like Shia LaBeouf. Give me a button. Give me a button. Give me a button, please. I don't care which one. You know what it was when you signed up. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> you want to give the context? So, yeah. You leave it. It's it. Say less. Because the button didn't make sense. I should have cared. I'm trying buttons out, baby. Clearly, (laughs) clearly. But speaking of giving people their flowers, um, Nate, man. So tell tell the people a little bit about what you do, man, and um, how this past year has been for you as well, like as an influencer. Yeah. um, So first of all, bro, I appreciate the invite um, by both of you to to come on here. So it's an honor to be here. Love everything that you guys are doing, and I do think that black men really do need to talk. So. Um, I think it's dope being here, but the last year has been, um, I think for me, one of the most transformative years of my life. Um, there's been a lot of transition and, um, you know, with that transition, some, some good, some bad, um, but it's been overall, I would say a good year. Um, I think as far as social media is concerned specifically, um, things really got crazy for me in October. Mm. So um, I came into October, I think, with like 7,000 followers, something like that on Instagram. Um, And by the time we got to November 1st, it was over 100,000, you know what I'm saying, organically. And so, um, yeah, it was just a crazy year. I know, I know, crazy, 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 crazy. So, (laughs) Y'all, the Monko, Monko. Right, that's fire. So as far as as that's concerned, um, you know, October was just just crazy. And it's still, still doing numbers. But I think for me... Um, the most encouraging thing is the amount of impact that it's had. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, I switched up my whole brand, like, back in August. Mm. My dad died in July. So in August, you know, I just felt like, yo, I really want to just start sharing from my heart. I think him dying caused me to, you know, come to grips with the fact that mortality is a real thing when somebody close to you dies. You know, and so um, prior to that, I was penthouse poppy on Instagram and kind of just having fun and talking about real estate and stuff like that. And when he died, it really shifted something in me. And I'm like, yo, I really want to just start sharing from the heart. So I started doing that, and um, people started sharing it. They started connecting with it, and here we are. Fire. How many followers you have right now? I think um, as of today, it's like 133. Hey, that's, look at that. Don DeMarco. Don indeed. Fire, fire, fire. Bang. Yeah, man. Okay, so it's interesting because as I've kind of, okay, let me ask a question if that's cool. Might might be a little insight. No, no, it's cool. But what are your insights in, in the aspect of gender? Yes. So um, on Instagram, I think as of today, it's like 71% women, wow. 29% men. That's wild. It's the beard. That's, but that's yeah, right. for sure. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but it's the beard. Nah, nah. It's interesting because um, I've always, I always wonder what people's insights are because it kind of, as I watch your content, it almost feels like the content is directed towards men. Mm. You know, I know it's general encouragement, but I've always felt like, like I've always been encouraged by your content. And, mm. I, and I feel like you speak to men, mm. but maybe kind of like our podcast, like our podcast essentially is 
a podcast for black men. Sure. But you look at our insights on Instagram, it's majority women. It's the women. Which which goes to show when healthy conversations about black men are having are happening, women want to tune in. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, To to at least see a different narrative because I think especially this last two three years with things like um, the red pill community, you know, um, a lot of more um, men men's rights activists. Things have picked up on the, the side of, man, nobody's talking about how men are struggling and they're supporting us and we're ride or die, you know what I'm saying, sure. uh, despite what the message is. you know. Sure. So for me, I get both sides. I, I, like, I, I fully understand why the Red Pill community has the following it has. I fully understand why there's a need for men's rights activists, but also understand that when it comes to communication, um, we can always say have the, the conversation of, women don't understand how men communicate, that's cool, but I think the other is also true, you know, and so if we're actually going to have dialogue so that each can understand, we each have to communicate as if the other one is listening, you know, so. I think that there are a couple sides to it. I think um, a part of the reason why you see that disparity when it comes to um, the analytics is because for men, vulnerability is taboo, Right? So for men, a lot of men see vulnerability as a weakness, not a strength, Mm. right? I think for women, a lot of women appreciate vulnerability because it's their default setting, right? So when you think about the fact that I represent masculine vulnerability, for a lot of guys, they may see my content and say, man, that's, that's weak, you know what I'm saying? I've had I've had people that I've known all my life come to me and they're just like, bro, like, why is your, why is your content so like, like, so, like, why are you talking about so many things from the heart? And I'm like, bro, like, this is what we need, mm. right? Like, um, it's really not a sign of weakness. It's, a, it's, it's actually a strength, right, for a man to be willing to open up, share his heart, share his pain, share his vulnerabilities, um, be honest about his past, his journey, his weaknesses, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really a sign of strength. So I think as that narrative changes, and, you know, and as men begin to embrace masculine vulnerability, I think that we'll see a shift in those insights. Indeed. Masculine vulnerability. I like that one. Masculine vulnerability. That's nice. What you think, Trey? Yeah, be vulnerable, he, niggas. He said it's the beard. That's what Trey, that's what Trey thinks. Nah, <laughs> nah, I'm being funny. I, you uh, know, I think... You the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know. Okay, so when... Within the state of this uh, male space, because I, f- I feel like uh, as much as male podcasts get a lot of hate. Um, Rightfully so. Uh, yeah, some of it be stupid. I, you know, I, I, I'll say this. I'll say this. The stupid stuff is always going to be louder than the, than the good content. Absolutely. Yeah. Our most viral content is like, Wallet, wallet out stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where he said that he said Christian women are lame. I didn't say Christian women. No, Dozy. No, our, our our most viral post is when Dozy said that. Oh yeah, Dozy. He said Christian women are lame. I was like, dang, yeah. bro. I, I, did he say lame at dating or just lame? He used Christian women and lame in the same sentence, and I. He said weird. Weird is more acceptable. I feel like I heard, I feel like I remember him saying lame. I don't know. I just remember listening and be like, well, there go the numbers. I think it was weird. <laughs> it was definitely weird, bro. And he might have said both. I shut up. 
Shut it. Shut it. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Move on. Okay. Thank um, you. I wanted to ask you about one of your most recent posts. Um, Could we talk about this topic a few times? Um, and you, you basically dealt with the topic of like submission. Mm. You know, and, dun, and dun, you talked about it, and then you had a young lady talk about it as well. So, could you break down your perspective of submission, and then can you also break down? within the dynamic of your millennial friends who are either in relationships or married, their perspective of how you see it acted out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, that's a phenomenal question. So the post, um, just to give reference, man, I said um, on the post that I have a lot of guys that come to me and they say things like, you know, my woman won't won't submit. I'm dating this girl and she just won't submit. You know, she's kind of like a, a alpha woman, if you will, right? And so I posed the question and I said, you know, when we look at the verse that references submission, it says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. And so the question I posed was, so if they're unmarried, is she really even required to submit? All the time. You know what I'm saying? Come with it. Yo, these, these, these punch-ins are, are killing me. That's hilarious. Um, and so I got a lot of I got a lot of feedback on that. I got a lot of I got some. My uncle called me actually. He's in a um, he's in a long term relationship, and he called me. He like Neff, like come on man, like you got to advocate for the dudes. Like what you doing, right? Uh, right, hey, bro, right, like, right? Help me to relax. But you know, I was just right, right, and I was just speaking honestly because I think a lot of times we have expectations of people in relationships that are expectations that we should set aside for marriage. But we place those expectations on people prematurely, mm-hmm. right? Um, really, if we really want to get into it, and then I, and then I, I, I'm gonna double back to what you said. But the verse before that says, "Submit yourselves one to another." Oh, there it is. Right? They skipped As that unto one. Christ. So a lot of times, guys, they take that verse that says, "Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands," and they use that to say, "Girl, you gotta listen to me." Right. When in actuality, in a healthy relationship, and I'm no relationship expert, you know what I'm saying? Like, but in a healthy relationship, two people are called to submit to each One other. Another, yeah. Right. Now, to answer your question about what most people, you know, or millennials or friends or whatever think about submission, most times they look at it like, "Yo, a woman needs to submit to me." Right. But what does submission really even mean? Right. Um, how is that done? If if I'm in a relationship with somebody and I'm I'm not submitted to God, is she required to submit to me? Right? Like these are all things that we have to really take into account, right? If I'm if I'm not following the voice of God, and maybe she is, and I'm asking her to do something that's out of line with what the will of God says, hmm. is she required to submit to that? Hmm. Right? But to answer your question more directly, I think that for, for most millennials and most people that, you know, you talk about submission with, because they haven't taken the time to actually explore um, what it means to submit, what God's vision is for submission, they always just say, you know, my woman is supposed to, my, supposed to submit. And I don't, I don't think that that's what God meant. It's all, it, it almost comes off as like people hear submission it's like, do what I tell you to do. Right. And, you know, I think it's, I've always, I, one, I agree with what you said. I've always said that submission is is more about obedience than it is about power Mm. you know i'm saying like if i do what i'm supposed to do then my submission will be honored whether it's now or later Mm. you know i'm saying and i think most men would be better husbands if they learn to submit in areas of their lives before they're married 100 percent. you know i'm saying like are you submitting holistically and completely at your job 
You know what I'm saying? Are you submitted under an, a, a spiritual authority, whether that be a discipler, whether that be your pastor or both? But I think most men fumble that because they get married and it's like, all right, we're going to move here. And the wife's like, well, what about this, this, and this? Don't worry about that. Just do what I say. And it's like, at what point do you, like, at what point does God not allow us into what he's doing if we're really being obedient? 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, like uh, we, we were talking about David and, and, and Solomon and building the temple. Like, David didn't build the temple, but because his heart was holistically submitted to God, the Lord still allowed him to see every single plan of what the temple would be. So submission is more about obedience. And I think as men, if we really understood that, we wouldn't be so pressed about submission and dating because, like, like you said, it's, a, it's out of context, right. right? We'd be more so. We'd be more worried about, all right, Lord, am I being obedient in the places that you've called me to be obedient? Am nine I submitted time, to you? Yeah. Am I submitted to you? And nine times out of ten, we can look at six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different areas of our lives where it's not completely submitted to the Lord. So why would I worry about somebody else's submission to me? If I'm not being obedient, 100%. it's crazy. Right, 100%. Also, man, when you look at, like, um, like Joseph, right, uh, I think a, a dope reference to him is that he was a man in authority and under authority. Facts. Right? So my whole <coughs> thing is, like, in order to be qualified to lead in any capacity, you also have to have, to have the ability to submit <laughs> and serve, man. right? The issue man. is, for a lot of guys, when they say that, they're emoting from their ego. Yeah. An ego that says you got to listen to me, but who are you listening to? And sometimes, sometimes in relationships, um, as a man that's submitted to the Holy Spirit, he'll have you apologize for things that's not even your fault. Yo. As an example Yo. of what yeah. it looks like, right? Mm -hmm. So my whole thing is like, and, and I haven't, trust me, like I'm no relationship expert, right? I've made every mistake when it comes to relationships, right? But at the same time, like, as I've grown and as I've learned and as I've like taken time to process my own traumas, failures, issues, proclivities, right? Realizing that a lot of that could have been solved if I was completely submitted yeah. to God, to authority. You know what I'm saying? And, and I kind of want to touch on what something you kind of mentioned earlier. And it's something I've mentioned in the podcast. I think everyone else has mentioned the podcast. And it's, it's, it's honestly in this season of my life, what I'm really challenging, because I hear it often, just the term healthy relationship, you know, and for me, I, I think I might start saying working relationship. Come because on. Because at the end of the day, as we ask ourselves, do we have a healthy relationship with our father? Do we have a healthy relationship with our mothers? Do we have a healthy relationship with our friends? You know, there's always the thing you think of is the negative. Hmm. Well, okay, well, how have I been hurt? Hmm. How have I been affected? What kind of trauma have I experienced? Mm -hmm. Like, like what, what? When, when really, there's not a single relationship you can't show me that doesn't have any of that. Facts. Right? But is it working? Right? Like, like is, is, it, is it going towards something? Because mm -hmm. I feel like you, you nitpick enough, you go open the closet of anybody's life, whether it be their individual life or their relationship life, you're going to find something. Facts. Right? And so because of that, I, th I think the, the, the goal should be striving and looking towards working relationships, and working relationships can be healthy. Mm. Right? And definitely agreeing with both of y'all are saying what y'all said as well. I think what I'm going to start doing is because in the same way, I kind of like my ears kind of perk up whatever here. An independent woman calls up an independent woman. You know, I my ears equally perk up when I hear somebody who is called to be in a leadership position evoke their authority. Mm. Like, You're supposed to submit. And I'm like, mm. 
goes without saying, bro. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm an independent woman. Oh, you're an adult? You, you, you pay your bills? All right. Good job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, the same way, like, oh, you're a leader? You lead? Oh, great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. do that, right? And, and it's interesting. Um, we talked about this a few times. Mm-hmm. The real question is, whenever you sign up for a job, the moment you sign up, they have all the terms and conditions, and you put your name and signature on that, saying that you're going to, what, submit to those terms and conditions. 100%. If there are trash terms and conditions, you're not going to go to that job unless you're really desperate. Facts. And here's the issue. A lot of people are in desperate situations relationship-wise because they're lonely, suffering, Uh-oh. et cetera, experiencing trauma. That's all you know. So you go to a trash job, a trash person, and then submit under them but not really desire to submit to them because you never really jo- liked the job in the first place. Yeah. Never really liked the person in the first place. And so you want to be able to choose someone who you see is a leader and someone you desire to submit to. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't even call you to do it because like, you can't be independent. You have to be interdependent. You can't be independent in a relationship, right? It, and so you, you were talking about uh, healthy relationships and you're, and I think, you know, when people try to quantify a healthy relationship, from my perspective, I think too many people try to look for the lack of turmoil, conflict, hardship, and they say if there is little of these things, then the relationship is healthy. <laughs> well, you know, if we equate it back to, like, just our natural body, what does it take to be healthy? Conflict. You got to go to the gym. You know what I'm saying? You got to wake up early. You got to eat right. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get bigger, yeah, you got to sacrifice. So, like, if you want something healthy, the lack of hardship and turmoil should not be the barometer in which you quantify what is healthy. Now, there is a difference between struggle and abuse. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a a very fine line between, or a clear line, I should say, between we have to work through, like you say, a working relationship Versus, like, this is abusive. What's up? Okay. Versus, like, what is abusive? So I feel like that's a good, I think that's a a conversation that more people should engage in because we look at, I could have handed you that. No, I wanted to clear it. Oh, okay. My bad. It's distracting. No, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. I don't know. I got distracted. But I was just saying, like, I feel like people looking for (laughs) Why'd you press the button? It made it worse. Um, I feel like people look at healthy relationships, and they say, has this been easy? Whether or not, I mean, um, instead of saying, has, have I put in work to make this work? You know what I'm saying? I think they look for a, the presence of ease to quantify what is healthy. Right. And I think that's and I think that's a very deceptive it's a very deceptive bang, thing. Bang, yes. Bang, yes. Bang, yeah, bang, I um bang. so I live by this principle that says tension strengthens. There we go. Tension strengthens, right? So um so in any relationship you want tension. That's what counseling is about, right? Like counseling is yeah. healthy tension. Facts. When you get in the room and you express how you feel, how they feel. You guys may have differences of opinion, perspective, or whatever the case may be, and then you come to a common ground or a solution. Um, so in any relationship, you know, tension is going to strengthen. You know. 
Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, let me get the smoke session. Don't be fooled, I'm nothing special. I know you can do better. I don't have it together. You wish you never met me. I promise you'll be great. With me, there's no forever. I'll push you out the window. Don't fall for my potential. I don't care about your feelings. Yes, sir. So people from Lassie Artists can just come through and talk. Ask us questions, you know what I'm saying? Ask you questions. Um, but yes, the question about the topic. What was the question about the topic? What was it called? Because we can talk about it. It was a misunderstanding. Yeah, just, you know, just giving flowers to black men. You feel me? Yeah, we just giving flowers. Yeah, we just giving flowers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yes. Based on what we were talking about earlier, I do want to have my brother Ken come up if that's possible. You know what I'm saying? My brother also has a podcast of his own. And, bruh. Yeah, go ahead and talk, bro. Go ahead and talk. So, essentially, what I want you to kind of touch on, um, conversation we had before, um, was essentially What's your good? response when people see the beauty of you and your wife's marriage and say, man, I want a marriage like yours. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> like real talk. Um, so shout out to my queen, uh, Cece, Cecilia Simeon. Uh, we went through a lot, you know, before we got to where we were. Um, when my boy said uh, tension strengthens, in my opinion, that's only applicable for the physical. Um, you use the term working relationship. I like to use the term uh, evolving relationship, hmm. right? Continuous improvement. Cool For fun. us, um, you know, we, we have a podcast. We have a book called, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, we have a podcast and a book called The Fine Print of Marriage. And so basically, um, we talk about marriage. We talk about um, just what people see in marriage, like he was talking about the healthy things in marriage. And for us, we had to go through like every vow, right? The richer, the poor. We went through the poor. <laughs> we went through the sickness. We lost a child till death do us part, mm. right? And so touching on all of those, those conduits into our relationship built us. That tension part came into effect, right? Um, when we lost our son, you know, we had to go through this, this evolution of everybody asks, hey, how's she doing? She good? You know? And a lot of people forgot, I lost the son too. You dig? And so going through all those things, we had to evolve into the peace we had, right? And so for us, it was, it was for the most part, um, we fell in love with peace so much that anything outside of our relationship seems foreign, right? It seems like what is this even doing in my house? Mm. It's like if you got all black furniture and somebody stuck a red chair, it might look good, but it don't go with the ensemble. So anything outside of peace didn't seem like it belonged in our relationship. Even if it was on my, if it, if it was something that I contributed to the relationship or something she deposited into the relationship, we fell in love with peace so much and then people would see our love for each other, and they saw how much I worked and how much she worked for each other. And everything we do is for our last name. It's not for me, it's not for her, it's for us. 
And so I made a vow to God that I'm going to protect his daughter. Regardless, I live by this, this one little saying that if she slaps me, I got to apologize that my face was in the way of her hand. Like Christ loved the church. You dig? And so the fine print of marriage for us is when you sign that dotted line, you got to be ready for that, you know, that, that poor, mm. that sickness. Yeah. You got to be ready for all those elements because if you're not, when the relationships get rocky, she accepted all of the dirt, all of the, the bottom barrel stuff of who I am that made me who I am. And that made me work harder for her. And so I submitted to God. And it was easy for me to submit to God because I'm like, you gave me this gift. Like, I, I get to unwrap this every day. It goes down. You did? <laughs> <laughs> and so, Bro said for it goes down. Indeed, sir. Indeed. And so, it's, it's easy for me to submit. It's easy for me to be vulnerable in front of her. We have this thing called naked conversations. Literally, sure. we sit in Indian style in the bed, naked, talking to each other. Talking to each other and exposing my day wasn't good. And we always end the day with this thing we call um, high-low. What was your high point of the day? What was your low point of the day? Um, and we try to, you know, make sure we understand how each other's day went. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm old school, and so I'm still kind of, you know, kind of crazy upstairs. And if anybody come for my wife, either if she, even if she wrong, I'm going to check them. Got to. You dig? Got to. Now, behind closed doors, I'll be like, hey, babe, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of relationships these days in my opinion, from my view and from my lens, I think a lot of men lack that, that understanding that if they submit to God first and understand the plans that he has for him, then she going to come along. Facts. You know, when a man findeth the wife, he findeth a good thing. Well, most of them not dating the wife because she not, may, may not be ready or he may not even be a husband yet. You know, so from my lens, strengthen you know, the strength that, that can come from tension, in my opinion. But I think for the most part, a man has to understand his role, understand that the contract that he's about to sign when he becomes married, you know, and then evolve in the relationship. It's continuous improvement. It's continuous growth. Um, a palate changes when you eat every seven years. And so every seven years, you may have an issue, right? What are you going to do? What does the other side of that issue look like, right? What does it look like when you're trying to get over that, that hump? You dig? With the shovel. Hey, I appreciate that, Mr. Simeon. Hey, bruh. Hey, bruh. This is my discipleship brother. We went through an intense discipleship program at Cordelia Christian Church. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. <laughs> we, we made it, bruh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. So, I know... You don't typically get like dating advice, but do you have people hitting you up asking for like advice in dating? Because we start encouraging people and talking about how to build basically character, how to be a person of integrity. People ascribe that to dating a lot. You know what I'm saying? Because like, okay, well, you know, I want to do this so I can find somebody. Yeah. Like, what's what's typically your response in those in those scenarios? Yeah, I give it to them. 
So I actually do one-on-ones with people, um, and I let them talk to me about whatever they want to talk about. So here's the thing about dating advice, right? I think that we learn a lot from what we've done right, but we learn also from what we've done wrong, right? And so um, if we pay attention, everything can be a teacher one way or another, right? So, um, so for me, if somebody, if somebody comes to me and they want dating advice, even if it's about something that I didn't always do the right way, but I learned from it, I'll give it to them, right? Um, but I try not to do it from a, from a perspective that says, yo, you need to do this or you should do this. It's more like this is what I've learned based upon, you know, what I've experienced or uh, this is something that I learned from what someone else experienced, right? And you take that and you, you, you package it all together, right? One thing that I don't want to be known as, though, is a relationship expert because I think that um, sometimes that's abused, right? <laughs> and so for me, yes. that, that's the free, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Yo, and, and I always, <laughs> yeah, 100%, right? And I always, even, even online, if it's something about dating, I'll typically say, I don't know if you've ever seen this in my captions before, I typically say disclaimer, mm. colon. Aye, okay, okay. I am not a relationship expert, mm. right? Because I want people to get comfortable with understanding that I can have an opinion or perspective on something without being an expert in this space. And if it's something that, that, that they can use, take from it and glean from it, I want them to do that. But, you know what I'm saying, I'm starting to get calls to do, like, relationship panels and speak at, you know, relationship conferences and stuff like that. And a part of me has a little bit of pause. Indeed. Yeah, man, I feel like people, they, they look to that because, like, they want the, they want, like, the quick way. You know what I'm saying? They want, like, the, the, the quick fix. Sure. And, like, to, to your point, I think relationship, I can give you general advice. Sure. Right? I can give you, hey, this is generally what I believe you should do. But I think when you get in the situation, relationships are so unique. They are so personal right. or at least they should be that you can go to somebody even like even in therapy I've realized that like there have been times where like my therapist has given me great relationship advice right. there have been times where I'm like yeah I'm not really feeling that right. because like there's no real way to know unless you just go through it and I think part of that is people just I feel like especially our generation we want like the the quick fix tell me how to get the end result without the work that comes with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Tell me how to get the healthy relationship without putting in the work to be healthy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Tell me how to get the vulnerability without having the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that's part of the reason why, like, people see, you know, people like you, people like Mitch Dre, these people have these great followings and, 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 and speak with such wisdom. And they're like, ah, I want that. And they don't understand that, like, this has not come without some sort of turmoil, some sort of struggle, mm -hmm. some sort of, of, of refinement. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. And I also feel like, can I say this real fast? Yeah, yeah, I go also ahead. feel this like um, for a lot of people, no, nah, that's my brother. I love him. Love him hey. to death. Uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. I love him to death. I, I was him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I, think, sorry. I think that um, what I found when it comes to a lot of relationship experts, I, I found that a lot of them are <laughs> yes. not transparent about their man, look, issues man, right look. like i feel like man, i feel like look. um we would have a lot of healthier conversations if people were honest about their own stuff right not just the Facts. stuff from the past yeah right but the stuff that they're still where are dealing you now with, you know what, what are you saying? doing like, now no, like are right, you are you you're a relationship expert but what are you dealing with now why are you single right now 
Hit a button, any button. And that's the reason why I'm just like, yo, bang, like I'm not bang, really, I don't want to be looked at bang, as that guy. Bang. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a single guy. I've, I've, like I said, I've made every mistake in the book. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm very honest and transparent about it. I am not your savior. Yeah, you know bro. what I'm saying? I'm not your savior. Um, I'm a guy that learned a lot of lessons. And if I, if I can share some truth from my journey, I'm, I'm going to do it. And then also, the area, I'm also honest about the things that I don't have the answer for. Yeah, and, and, and I think because go ahead. No, I was gonna say like the answer is simple, but like if you want a healthy relationship, be a healthy person. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that sounds it's simple, but like it's it's a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I'm putting in the work to be healthy, right, and the person I'm dating is doing the same thing, right, it's we're gonna we're gonna have a healthy relationship. Right. Again, healthy is not the presence of ease; it's right. just the presence of effort. We're both right. putting in the work. Right. So I think you know what I'm saying people go to experts and they get the self help and all these things because they're looking for a secret fix, a secret sauce. Sure, there could be some tips. Sure, you could tweak some things. But at the end of the day, there's no substitute for the work. Right. No, hundred percent. People be out here making up answers, bro. Like, what? I'm like, yo, it makes girl, sense, bro. You like, ask me what? A I don't know the answer. I'm gonna say I don't know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I, I don't have a point of reference for that. You know what I'm saying? People be out here, you know, <laughs> pulling stuff out the air. How do I get okay. her to tap yeah, into yeah, her yeah. feminine energy, bro? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I can connect you to somebody that might. Yeah, talk yeah, to Jesus, I bro. Just, I, well, that's, 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 that's the thing, though, bro. People, people say, I do not like when people connect biblical principles to yeah. modern dating. Yes. You know, Please. not 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 just not just relationships cuz obviously there's a lot of things about how to sustain, how to grow relationships. Right. But to your point, there is marital calls, marital pointers, marital things that are even marital oh, doctrine. Hey, yeah. Hey, this is how I would do it. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm not in this, but hey, y'all should do this, right? Facts. This is Paul giving advice. Right. Facts. Right? In something that he wasn't even partaking in, right? Dating is not even biblical. <laughs> it's not, they, right. not there. There's no, there's no, no biblical reference, right, but no relationships biblical. are, yeah, right? For sure. But the, the issue is, I do not appreciate when people try to tie in scriptures to define modern dating. Right. And I'm just like, yo, fam, we're talking about individuals. Like what works and what works for you. And your relationship right. shouldn't be the, the foundational yeah. part of a Come book on. that then goes to Come people on. and say, this is how it's done. Right. No, this is how I did it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and you can pull away things, concepts, things from that. But the issue is, I feel like a lot of people get inspired and encouraged by um, sermons, by series, <sighs> by talks and things like that, by these people who have successful relationships. Yeah. And then because... What one individual did with another individual worked out. They're seeing that and saying, once again, I want that. They're now saying, okay, well, if I just do these things. Then I can get what they got. It's tough, bro. You know, we gotta it's stop, tough. We got to stop idolizing relationships. We've That's seen right. over the last That's a, you know, 10 years relationships that people have highly esteemed. Yeah. That they have fall. fallen a, Yo, they fall. the relationship goals, they right? Fall. Um, that have fallen they apart fall. right in front of our eyes. The largest weddings, statistically, the more you spend on the wedding, the higher the chance of divorce. Right. Bang, so these relationships bang, that we bang, idolize. Bang, right. Yeah. Like, yo, we have to we have to start giving this stuff time. That's the reason why I said, yo, there's to me, like, there's no such thing as a relationship expert. That's good. Right. Yeah. Right. Like there are people who um, may understand, psych, you know, psychology. There are people that have, 
you know, um, maybe walk through the test of time or whatever the case may be. But like you said, every relationship is different. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think we should just we should just appreciate what people have done in relationships and and leave it at that. Go ahead, Dre. Um, so I guess uh, tying back into kind of what you were saying about the process of like how we grow and how we get to where we're at, where we can actually start giving advice and start like being that figure that has wisdom, right? I'm kind of curious of like what your journey is like in that. Like, was there a period where you, I guess, felt like you couldn't be given advice or mm. you were going through something in your life that like you didn't really know how to process, how to deal with. And then how did you come out of that? Mm. Like, what did you get? To, like, what did, what did your growth process look like? And how would you encourage another man that's in that space of like, I guess, immaturity, you can say, but like in the space where it's like, yo, I want to be healthy. I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be a man that walks in wisdom. Like, how do you give someone advice to get to that point? Yeah, no, 100%. That's a great question. So uh, what I would first say is um, I think at the stage that uh, I didn't feel comfortable giving advice or, um, or being a leader in a certain space, um, I think it was at a place in my life where I wasn't honest with myself. Right, you can feel that, yeah. right? You know when you're when you're being honest with yourself and when you're not. So at a stage in my life where I wasn't being most honest with myself, I would say those are the times that I was most insecure hmm. about giving advice because I didn't want anybody to find me out. Hmm. Right? When I begin to be honest with self, then it made it easier for me to be honest with other people. And when I was in a place in my life where I could be honest with self and other people, then I knew that I could, I could begin to really, you know, give advice, right? Because I know it's going to come from an authentic place. Also, um, the advice that I would give for, for other men is to really surround themselves with wise counsel. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dre, you've been a sounding boy for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've, we've talked through a lot of different things. Um, you know, my relationship with Tim Ross, shout out to Tim Ross. You know, he saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know what I'm saying? And he walked with me through it all. That's good. And so um, just having people in your life that you can be honest with without fear of judgment. You know what I'm saying? Um, having people in your life that's a safe place, I think that also helps to temper um, and to calibrate your, your perspective um, so that when you're giving advice to other people, it's coming from a healthy place. That's good. You're not you're not out here just rogue, right? Like you're, <laughs> you're actually sharing. Oh, I'm thinking. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. This is how I'm feeling. Yeah. What do you think about this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the 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 callings also come with the covering. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Um. So, Thanks. I think I think for me with that question, I've I feel as though I, I have I have a certain level of self awareness. You know what I'm saying? And in the midst of being honest with myself, I feel as though. I felt least qualified in knowing that I am going through the things that I'm talking about, hmm. right? And that that's shame. For me, it's shame. For, for me, it's hmm. feeling unqualified because who am I to tell you how to be handling this when either mm -hmm. I'm struggling with this myself <clears throat> or I've struggled with something else that has made me feel like, man, I shouldn't even be on the stage right now. Man, I shouldn't have this mic right now. Man, I shouldn't be talking to these kids right now. You know, it's like, man, like, like, and then I've, I've just, it's, it's just such a lie from the enemy. Because 
every time you mess up, every time you fall short, the enemy wants to put you in isolation. Like, man, you're the only one going through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're the, you're the only one that feels what you're feeling right now. Got to get and, right. And that thing right there, mm-hmm. just, just, you shouldn't be on stage right now, but make sure when you get, you know what I'm saying, you get that right. Maybe that's when you'll start feeling more qualified to be yeah. on stage, right? Maybe, maybe, yeah. And so, that's my ori- origin, originating point. It's the calling with the covering. Mm. Because the calling which puts you into place, the covering Keeps will tell you when you need to get step down from that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or stay in it. Yeah. Because a lot of times people have the calling but refuse the covering mm. that says, hey, this is a little bit more intense than what you usually are on. Yeah. So, so maybe it's time to sit down. Maybe it's yeah. time that you should maybe step aside for a little bit, regather, and then get back into position, right? Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people aren't willing to accept both. Right and, yeah. and and a lot of people want the calling. <laughs> they don't you know want the cover. They don't want the cover it right. Yeah. Um, and so and so for me, man, just really really humbling myself and always just appreciating the 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 white, the black, the Hispanic men in my life that have encouraged me. Yeah, you know, the white man like like Nick. You know, um, Nick is dope. Nick is Nick is a fire mentor. Nick uh, is dope. The Mexican. Ray Archiga. Ray is... You know, Ray, has, Ray was is, an yeah. amazing mentor dope. for me at Kids Across America, yeah. right? Ray's like dope. somebody who encouraged me so much and was one of the people I got to literally see lead on the front line, yeah. right? And black men, I've, I've, in my entire life, <clears throat> I've always realized, like, man, like, I've, I've always been covered. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's funny, and I'm, I'm, I'm done after this. No, no, I um, got yeah. I remember being a kid and praying for wisdom. Hmm. Because I've I read Ecclesiastes. My discipline as a child, you know what I'm saying? After we got whooped, of course. Of course. Pops would get, get a journal. He'd get a fresh journal. The black and white journal. You know what I'm saying? With all oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, little, yeah. Joint, the little watermark. The composition, on, right? yeah. The composition. For sure. I have to write Proverbs. Oh, he was... I- <laughs> I'm not saying Proverbs is one through it. I'm writing oh, the whole yeah, Proverbs 1 <laughs> all the way to the last chapter. And I have to write it and I have to Yo. show it to them, right? And so that was our punishment, right? We literally got to sit there and write our Proverbs. And then if it's something specific, I got to write the same one over and over again. That's like 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 I was Bart Simpson at the board in the beginning of the yeah, show. Yeah, right? I will not talk in class. <laughs> I will not talk in class. Right. Wisdom will be shown by her children. Wisdom <laughs> will be shown by her children. And so I was a kid, man. And I see this. I saw, I saw the story of Solomon, and I would ask for. I, I would pray for wisdom. Yeah. And then, as a kid, I always thought, when when Solomon prayed for wisdom, when God granted it to him, he just at that moment it was like a video game upgrade where he yeah. wisdom. Yeah. Nah, God put him in places where mm-hmm. he exposed him to people who were wise. Yeah. He exposed him to situations that gained him wisdom yeah. where he was able to learn. And so I got to really see God answer that prayer. And it was like a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, Lord, thank you for answering my prayer as a child. Yeah. Where you put me in situations where I've always been able to receive wisdom and grow from wisdom. Yeah. So praise God. I was going to say also um, in terms of what you were talking about, about, yo, I might be struggling with something and I don't feel qualified to talk about it. Right. I think. One of the things that was really liberating for me was understanding that everybody's at a different point in their journey, right? So when I say that, I'm saying that you may have advice for someone who is a newer believer, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe they're at the very beginning of their journey, and you've walked with God some time, and you know what it's like to have highs and lows, and you can encourage them and say, look, it's not going to always be sunny days. You're going to have some highs, or you're going to have some lows. And they're wide-eyed. Just, but just keep walking. Like, yeah. Just keep walking. Yeah. Some, sometimes the advice is, yo, just keep walking, yeah. right? Also, one of my favorite quotes, man, is talking about the gospel. It's saying that God, all the gospel is, you know what I'm saying, when we're sharing the gospel, it's one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Right? Like, we're all in need of the bread. Here's the deal. You know where it is. Some people don't know where it is. Some people are struggling with sexual sin. Right? And, and let's, say, let's say somebody, let's say, for instance, you, right? You're struggling with se- sexual sin. They don't know how to come out of it. You do. You have the answer. You can point them to the solution. Like, yo, this is a struggle, but I actually have a solution for it. You know what I'm saying? So my whole thing is, like, just realizing that we're all at different stages in our journey and not allowing the weakness or proclivity that we have to keep us from pointing people to Jesus because we're not the Savior in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Like, our job is to point them to him because he's the only perfect one. Yeah. So, yo, I'm struggling, you struggling, but let me point you to Jesus because he can, he can pull us both out of this. I don't know. Man, yeah, one of my favorite uh, Bible stories is Peter, after denying God three times, he's in a place where he's sought out by Jesus, and then Jesus' question to him was, do you love me? He asked him that three times. And mind you, this is the lowest point of his life. He literally denied God in front of foreigners and people he knew. Right? And it was like, man, you look familiar. You wanted them. Nah, it's not me. And Jesus asked him, does he love him three times? And Peter's like, yo, yes, you know I do. And the, the response from Jesus was, tend to my flock, mm-hmm. feed my sheep. Hmm. And to your point, since you're at your lowest and you know what it's like to be back down there, go ahead and take care of some sheep while you're down there. Yo. I was, Fire. Just, I was just having this conversation Fire. with Tim. Yo, rest, that's what restoration looks like. Yeah. What yeah. happens is, and a lot of times in the church, what happens is when somebody has a massive uh, like failure, we discard them mm. instead mm. of restoring them. Restoring them with mm. That conversation that he had with Peter, mm. see, that's what Tim did for me, right? Wow. That conversation that he had with Peter was a perfect picture of restoration. Here's the thing. When it came to Peter... Jesus literally said, upon this rock will I build my church, right? God built his church on a man that rejected him three times. Mm. Could you imagine if he would have let him go? Wow. The whole infrastructure of the church as we know it would not be what it is. But the lower the foundation. Yo, the higher, <laughs> yo, man. So my whole thing is like, bang, some, some, bang, some people are, bang, some people bang. are rejected. <laughs> yo, you crazy. Yo. Yo, some, some people are rejecting their Peter because they want to be disassociated with the sin. Oh, man. Come on. Right? It's all about the posture of the heart. Right? If, some, if, somebody, if somebody is willing to come back to God and to come back into community. David. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Then God can restore yeah. and still yeah. build. Not yeah. just restore. Not just restore. Yeah. But he can restore mm-hmm. and make them a foundation for whatever he wants to do next. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so if, there's a, if there's a young man out there or a young woman out there that has fallen off, fallen from grace, you know what I'm saying, had a massive failure, 
You know what I'm saying? My prayer for them is that God would bring them in a healthy community mm-hmm. with people who are willing to restore. Yeah. Because that's the heart of God. And that, I mean, yeah, and that's, man, that's facts. Because I feel like we don't really have a proper understanding of what restoration really is. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people pray for restoration when somebody's dead. I mean, on, the, on, the, on, their, on, on their deathbed. Mm-hmm. God restore them. That's what God's doing. Mm-hmm. Restoration at its, in its final process is me being restored back to God. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think, one, people don't understand, like, the, 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 the weight and the gravity of, like, what restoration means and what it really is. It can be done in a lot of contexts, but, like, God is in the business, like you're saying, of restoring people. Mm-hmm. And, and to that question, I think, you know, about the giving advice, um, I love both of y'all's answers. I want to add, like, people value authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I, and this is not to, like, prop myself up, but I feel like recently in years I've been pulled a little bit more on, like, by my friends and my friend group. And it, I, people act like it's like, well, doesn't that tire you out? Like, isn't that hard? I'm like, it's not because, like, this is who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, you read the story of Joseph and it's like, what, 13 years in between, like, when he gets thrown in the pit and when he gets to the palace. Mm-hmm. Joseph was who he was. And while tough times came, it was not hard for Joseph to be who he was. Like, it was not hard for him to flee Potiphar's wife because that was his character. I think when you operate in who you are, who the Lord has called you to be authentically, mm-hmm. you can look at Joseph and David and two different lives but the end result is the same because they both were authentically who they were. Mm. And they did not allow who they were to get in, to get in the way of them chasing the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm. it's two things. Be who you are. Be authentic. But then also remi- rem- remind yourself that in your authenticity, David, you're going to fall. You're going to slip up. And there's going to be times where you got to get back to God and repent. And so I think, one, like, in me giving advice, I've always been who I was. Like, I've always been open. Like, there are people that got passwords to my bank account so they can see if I'm tithing. There are people that got, that got locks on my phone so they can see what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, good. I think we, we it's, it's not about getting to the end. Phone you know what I'm saying? I don't got to get to the promised land to leave somebody. But he gave Moses the vision. He never saw it. Okay. But, I, 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 got, I, got, I got this question. Okay, so... And then uh, we got, we'll get to my van, bro. We were in the seat for a while. But in a society that highlights and almost forefronts self-care, um, isolation, protecting peace, and when it comes to conflict in relationships, it's we cool, we just don't talk. Or, oh, no, I don't got no problem with them. We good. You know what I'm saying? That's on them. Things like that. How do you balance that restoration when our culture is quick to cut off before we can even redeem? 100%. Yeah, yeah, Go. So, I want to hear what you have to say. So I got some thoughts this is, on this. So this is my um, thought on that, okay? Restoration takes two. Facts. Restoration takes two, right? Um, so it takes two people being willing, willing to come to a, um, to a resolution, Okay. Sometimes in relationships, only one person is willing to come to a resolution. Yeah. Right? In that situation, there's nothing that you can do. You actually have to let them go. Mm-hmm. Right? 
like trying to hold on to it and trying to figure out why and you know what I'm saying um, you know do the work yourself like that's that's only going to exhaust you right but we know that restoration is the heart of God so if two people are willing to come yo you know what I'm saying whosoever will let them come you know what I'm saying like if two people are willing to come to the table and find um, restoration then I, I think I think it's something that should be considered right now are we talking about being restored to to healthy Christian relationship or are we talking about being restored in like dating relationships because 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 it's there are two different nuances right if we're talking about um, brotherhood sisterhood healthy like um, healthy Christian relationship absolutely here's the deal for many of us we've done relationships so so incorrectly that it actually may not be advantageous to be reconnected with some people hmm. if, if they're if they're unbelievers if they're pulling you away from God so forth and so on so I think that um, there are there are many different nuances to that 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 you know we have to we have to address I agree it's nuanced and my approach is always going to be the the the, the more strenuous approach I think that too often we get caught up in the whole rhetoric of like for God to take you to a new level you got to cut people off and this whole like you know what I'm saying like this idea that for God to elevate you he must also cut you off from the body he created you to be a part of okay so one there's no platform that God would sit here and bring you to and then also say in the same in the same breath Leave my children behind. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a difference between isolation. But even when you look at Moses, he did not isolate him completely. He sent him to the desert where he met what? His wife and his family. So I see. You know what I'm no, saying? That's 100%. So, so like, I think one, we've got, we've gotten in, um, we've gotten, we've fallen in love with this very attractive rhetoric of cutting people off when they don't serve you. And I think the danger, the dangerous part of that is, if one part of your body isn't serving you the way you desire it, I think maybe, in fact, it's you and not the body. Because sometimes we struggle with perspective of people. We see somebody and, like, they did something we didn't like. Or maybe they aren't, uh, you know, attending to us the way we would like them. And it's now you're not serving me. As opposed to how can we get back to a place where you understand what I need and I understand where you're at and where you're at and what I need don't have to be in contention because if I'm loving you and, I, and I'm in right and healthy relationship with the Lord, that means my perspective of where you're at is not about what I need, but how can I get us both to a place where where you are and where I am don't have to be in contention, but allow us to move forward in a very harmonious and very, very, very healthy way because we abuse things like boundaries. We set boundaries and we cut people off. Boundaries should exist to help you exist uh -huh. in a more healthy way. It's my mom. She's calling about the game, guys. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's Spice yo. Adams, bro. It's hilarious, bro. I was about to say, what was that? That was it's, like a deep. That was like a deep baritone moan. It was like a. It's Spice it's like Adams. A, okay, okay. Hey, just yeah. so was, we can clear the was, air. That was. Y'all know who yeah. Spice Adams is, right? Yes. Okay. He. <laughs> I'm going to get because it's funny. Yeah, that he, was crazy. He has. That was, he, that was he, definitely crazy. He has this thing where he's like, hey, I'm like real shy, real uncomfortable. But when I get a haircut, 
I'm light skin. I'm top five. So that's how he laugh when he get a haircut. He be like, ah, ha, ha, ha. what's going on, baby? Like that's he got the confidence after the cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look! Sure. One thing y'all not gonna do is that, shame that, me. That, that made me uncomfortable. Look, as far as I see it, best ninety nine cents I've ever spent. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes, another ringstone store. Yes, I did. I paid a dollar. You not gonna shame me for it? Anyways, anyways, <laughs> anyways so all, all I'm trying to say is like this: this infatuation with cutting people off, I think, you know what I'm saying, I think is what actually contributes to a very, very, uh, uh, to, it contributes to why so many people have such struggles in friendship. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of us struggle in friendship and ultimately in relationships because we don't understand the value and the benefit of long suffering. I don't just suffer long just to suffer or just to say I endured this for five, six years, whatever. I su- I, I, the, the value of long suffering comes when I see the benefit of walking, some, of walking through something with somebody. You know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, this whole idea of cutting people off, I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't times where you outgrow friendships. I'm not saying there aren't times where, like, you know, some friends are doing something that's contrary to what you believe. But I've never had, like, I've literally never had to do that. Going back to living authentically, I've never had to, like, cut a friend off. The way I live my life, the way I move, you know what I'm saying, the way I conduct myself, it naturally distances people. It, it does. Like, and I've never had to say, hey, dog, you trying to go out to the club every weekend. You trying to get drunk every weekend. I can't be your friend no more. It's never happened like that. I've moved in my direction. They've moved in their direction. And the relationship and the path is still there. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the pathway, the doorway is still open. So, yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because uh, I remember I got a call when I was single from uh, a lady friend. And we had dated like years and he made, years He ago. made sure he said that. He said, man, I remember I got a call when I was single. I just Decades want you to know, ago. I was Decades single ago. at the time yes. that I got before, this call. Before the internet. This, this was not when I was married, just before, so y'all know. Before okay. cell phones. <laughs> before cell phones. Yeah, I was opening my MySpace. Nah, uh, <laughs> dang. Hey, press it. Hey, yo. Those, those, cust- those, custom- those, those, customized, <laughs> those customized profiles were everything. You I'm almost half a hundred. So, um, yeah, and she, she called me, it was late at night, and she said, uh, she said, hey, they got a bug in my, in my bathroom. She, she hated bugs, roaches, or whatever, whatnot. Got that call a couple times. Yeah. You don't sound too happy about that. And so when she called, I was like, well, just wow. like, you know, kill it or whatever. <laughs> and so, um, Days went on and everything. She's like, I thought we was gonna pick up where we left off, and I was like, I didn't know we left off on me killing bugs in your that's house. Hilarious. Like, I didn't know that's where we. I didn't know it was that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that's what the bug killing the bug meant. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was so dumbfounded. I got a question for you, my man. Um, so, um, for me, I'm still trying to. I'm I'm forever learning, right? That's good. Um. Like I said earlier, I'm half a hundred, but I'm still making sure that I don't stay stagnant. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, younger couples will come to my wife and I, and they'll ask questions about, like, when my, my uh, partner asked me about, um, how y'all do this, how y'all do that? And I think what they're seeing is what they see on social media, Yeah, they want that, right? They see me and my wife, they see 
real estate and things like that, and they, they want that. It's dangerous. Right? Mm-hmm. And like I was saying earlier, you got to be careful what you ask for because you might go through what we went through to yeah. get that. Yeah. Right? Um, so what would you tell? I, I know what I tell them, but what would you share with, with couples that are, are having that issue with, um, he don't listen to me. You know, I, I seen something on this marriage club uh, post, and it was, and the question was, um, what would you or what would be the thing that would cause divorce? And that was a dangerous question to ask. Man. I put death. But everybody was like abuse and this, that, and the other. And I put huh. like God wouldn't yoke me with somebody that's gonna abuse me. Like he only gonna bless what he put together. So I checked in with him from jump before that's I even good. got in a relationship. That's you good. dig? So what would you tell these 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 or individuals that are seeing things on social media or uh, you know, sensational relationships. Um, and they're like, man, you know, they, they always live in the hype. They, you know, everything lit or whatever the, the term is, young folk. You, you, you right, you right. Oh, yeah, right. nah, yeah, we're going to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go. What would you, what would you, everything lit, my Chill out, chill out. Everything lit. <laughs> I'm going to go with it. I'm, I'm 100%. I'm how would you, how would you, how would you, um, share whatever it is we'll share with them you know yeah. not counseling wise but what, you know what would you tell them yeah depending on the the, the closeness of the relationship um, don't listen to him i would definitely tell them that it's not what it seems right like yeah so the danger of social media is that you only get people's highlight reels right what i love what i loved about jesus is that jesus was honest about what it would take in order to follow him Right. So he said, he said, in order to follow me, you got to you got to deny yourself. You got to pick up your cross. You know what I'm saying? You got to follow me. He always started with like. Like it's going to hurt. You know what I'm saying? I think for for a lot of um, people in relationships and a lot of people that you see uh, successful in any space, they always talk about the success first. What I, what I would, and I'm not saying that this is the best advice. I'm just telling you what I would do, right? Um, I, would, I would start with where it hurts. I'll be real about the pain. Like, okay, like, so, so you're familiar with our, with our highs. Let me, let me explain some of the lows so that you understand what you're getting yourself into. Here's the deal, right? So I've been married before. Um... And being married before, I didn't know what it took to be married until I was married. I wish that I was better prepared to know that, yo, um, marriage is probably one of the toughest things that you will ever do in your life, right? Even if it's fulfilling, it's one of the toughest things that you will ever do in your life because it requires you to kill yourself, right? Like, I'm not, you know, I know, I know where, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying kill yourself, right? But I'm saying that marriage requires a level of sacrifice that if you're not ready for it, it'll swallow you up, right? So I, I would just say, yo, I think we, we should be real about where it hurts so that people understand what they're getting themselves into and they can count the cost, you know what I'm saying? Um, which goes back to something I wanted to say about, about authenticity, Right? I think we have to dead polish Christianity. Like, like it's too, it's too pretty. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not even the gospel, right? Yeah. Like, like we got to get ugly with it. And we got to tell people like, yo, this is, this is, this is a bloodbath. This is, this is 300. You know what I'm saying? This is Sparta. You know what I'm saying? So that people understand like, yo, like this is not, this is not a game. And I think when we prepare people like that, 
um, will have higher success rates when it comes to um, the faith, right? And understanding that we're not just followers, we're disciples, and that requires something of you. It's not, it's not us just, you know what I'm saying, coming to church with our, with our nice clothes on, you know what I'm saying, spending a couple hours in church. It's not just in marriage, you know what I'm saying, going on dates and going on vacations. If they're sick, are you ready to ride? You know what I'm saying? If they cheat or if they cheat on you, are you are you willing to 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 sit through that and work through that and and get down to the childhood traumas and understand the reason why they feel the need to go out and find comfort in somebody else? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you willing to examine yourself to find out what where you may be lacking? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah. I just I just feel like um, I feel like. For, yeah, yeah. If, yeah we I think that, if we did that, because we have we have these polished marriages and these and polished Christians, this polished faith. If we did that and we're more authentic about where we are and where we've been, um, I think I think it'll help everybody involved. I hope that answers your question, bro. That's I think that's a very 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 good place to kind of start because I again like I feel like people our age, our generation, whatever millennials, whatever you want to say, I feel like we have like this idolization. We have a very unrealistic view of not just marriage, but like Jesus and what he's called us to do and 100%. be. I think we've got this like coffee, coffee shop, like filtered Instagram, like kind of faith going on. Church and, lights. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I, and I just want to say, I'm not like the, I'm not that guy. I'm not like the, we got to get back to the yada, yada, yada. This generation is going to hell in a handbasket type guy. But like. You ain't never heard that saying before? I have. Okay, I'm about to say, you're just dramatic today. I don't know why. It's the coffee. Just today? You're right. Every day. Um, my name. You're right. Mr. Dramatic himself. Um, but I think, I think we've, like, really, really idolized the faith and Christianity. And, what, and what's crazy about that is we don't really understand who Jesus is for, for, for like, like, the authenticity of, like, what he was speaking and what he came to do. Like, we see marriage, like, so many people see marriage as, like, a stage in life. Like, as an accolade, as a notch on the belt, as, like, okay, I got to be married by this day or this age, and I got to have this many kids by this age. And, like, that's cool. That definitely comes with marriage. But, like, is that what the Lord really designed it to be? So you can have, like, this cute Instagram family where you can ride around in your minivan and be a cute soccer mom or be the dad that, you know, is cool dad picking kids up and stuff like that. I think we miss out that, like, these are nothing but tools. This is nothing but another way that the Lord has, that the Lord has put in place to get you closer to him. Mm, 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is nothing about marriage that is for your vanity, but that's what we've created to be. There's nothing about your faith that is solely for you. Your faith is meant to pull you out of a place, clean you up, get you closer to God so you can do what? Go get people, pull them out of dark places, get them closer to God so they can clean them so he can clean them up and they can do the same exact thing. This idea that Jesus is for me is by is for me and therefore only does things through me for me is completely opposite. Like if you're not being sanctified so that you can go out and be used by the Lord, then, like, what is it for? Like, if your marriage is for Instagram, like, what is it for? If you want to get married because of what you see on IG and not, like, what the word says marriage is for, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? And, what, and what's scary is when you get to that place where you're so heavily invested in what you see online, 
when you get to a place where you're so heavily like captivated by people on a screen, one, you miss that what you're captivated by is very much so near you in a community. Two, what's going to happen is you're going to get that thing that you think you want and it, was, it will not fulfill you in the way that you, believe, that you believed it would. It's going to let you down. I, th- I think uh, it is also important, as I'm agreeing with both of y'all, I think it's also important to understand the why, right? Why do people feel as though they have to present them be- their best self at all times? And it's because the risk Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, we see people getting canceled. We see how people get treated mm-hmm. when their fallout is publicized. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's tough when we don't think of people's position considering legacy. A thousand years from now, no one will care about the back and forth with Kim and Kanye we will be able to see in the history books how he built a school, made classic albums, and was a genius. That's my theory. Why? Because I look at every man in history, and I think, okay, at the end of the day, cool. They did great things, but imagine if every moment of their life was public. You'd be able to nitpick an aspect of everyone's life. And we're just looking at it day to day to day as someone's having a mental health breakdown and saying, oh, man, this dude's tripping. Not thinking the possibility of legacy, the possibility of what they're going to leave on this earth. And I challenge everybody all the time. It's like, name me a Bible character that wouldn't have got canceled today. It's interesting because some people say Jesus. And I'm like, he was canceled. He was literally murdered. They killed, like, like, <laughs> literally murdered him. cancellation <laughs> possible. He was right? unalived. Your favorite Bible characters literally all would have had public executions on social media. Why? Because they did something that would have made their position, their call, be put to question. We only study the beautiful parts, though. You know, That's the problem. And, and but, but, but even in the midst of understanding, because in the midst of even understanding, right, people had fallouts, and it's like, yo, nobody's perfect, I think if we actually put ourselves, not just in the people's shoes of, of the Bible characters, but the community of the Bible characters, how would you have looked at King David, David <laughs> after knowing his mess? Man, look. Right? Like, like, how would you have looked at Rahab knowing she was a liar? Right? How would you have looked at Solomon? No, he had a little something on the side. A lot of something somethings on the side. A, a, a lot of something somethings. Look, like the Several. last moments of his life said, and he was turned aside because of he started he started look when I say little something, I'm talking about idols. Oh yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. And, I, and then he, you know, he had a lot of, yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but idols, sure, yeah, a little something somethings, yeah. Like, like, like it It saddened my heart to see. Coming fresh out of Martin Luther King Day, I'm, I'm seeing adultery trend on Twitter, right? Things, things like, <laughs> let's look at this man's life and then associate him by his falling. Associate him at the worst point. I'm like, man, how much grace would you want 
in those moments. Yeah. If the moment that, and everybody has it, the moment where your closet opens and people are able to see you at your lowest, how would you want to be treated? Right? Yeah. And that's, that's what I try to consider as I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we definitely see people with their public fallouts and the polished aspects of Christianity. But I get why. I understand why. Because you're, you're afraid that if the worst parts of you were seen publicly, mm. it would affect your provision. It would affect your platform. It would affect people's perspective. But God should be such your source that even when people's perception of you fails, people's perspective, people's provision of you fails, you know that you'll be provided for. Yeah. Because God is the one who is going to sustain you through all seasons. And that's the true definition of Philippians 4.13. Doing all things through Christ who strengthens you. That is going through the rich and the poor. Going through the platform and the plateau. Right? And so, and so I just want to encourage people that like, like be vulnerable, even socially, even publicly, because there will be somebody who's watching that is going through something in that same exact moment, in that same exact season that could use and benefit the growth and even the bottom that they're seeing with you, because that means they're able to be relate to you. And by the time you have your, your, your come up, or even by the time you're even sitting in it and going through it, they're not feeling alone in that season as well. Because a lot of times people go through even self-deletion thoughts and those thoughts don't go away. But like I said, the enemy wants you to feel like you're the only one going through that. Oh, can I say something? I, I, I truly believe that. Um, so so there's, a, there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, he that has been forgiven much loves much. much. Right. Oh, in order to be forgiven much, that means you had to mess up a lot. Right. I believe, right, and this is just this is just a personal opinion, right? It's not something that I'm I'm preaching or anything like that, but I personally believe that God allows people to go through massive failures in order to increase their love. Right? Because what happens is the deception of perfection causes us to be proud and pious and causes us to be unable to relate to the weaknesses of other people. But if God allow, and it's, 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 that, it's that verse, it, it reminds me of the verse that says that he works all things to the good of those that love him are called according to his Philippians purpose. 48. I believe that God sometimes allows oh, you sorry. to make a oh, big man. mess so that he can increase your love. You're going to need that love for whatever he's going to do with you next. Yeah. But you yeah. had to walk through that darkness first. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, yo, I'm just happy to have been forgiven for a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like I feel like the love that I have now and the um, <coughs> the grace that I have now for people is a lot greater because I had my own failures. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I was on the way over here. I was talking to a bro of mine, and um, he was telling me about somebody that had like a massive failure or whatever the case may be. And after he told me about the failure, I said, "Man, I I'm sorry that that happened, but I don't look at them any differently." That's good. Um, because I know what it feels like to be them. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to turn my back on them. I'm, I'm not going to turn my back on them. I'm not going to treat them any differently. I'm, I'm, I'm going to treat them like nothing happened because I know what it's like to be the prodigal son. 
You know what I'm saying? I know what it's like to be the, the prodigal son. I know what it's like to, to have a father that has an inheritance for me that I squandered on foolishness, right? I know what it's like to come to myself. And I know what it's like to have a father that's waiting for me to come home. And that restored me back as if nothing ever happened. You know what I'm saying? And through a party when I came and through a party when I came home. So for me, it's like, all right, like, that darkness is crazy. But I'm I'm the dude that's um looking forward to throwing a party. Forget what happened. Like, yo, this person is back home. Yo, turn up. And this is the thing, right? I feel like the church needs to do a better job of throwing parties for people who have come home. Right, like like a lot of times, what happens is when they come home, we talk about Bring them road, and, and, and we make them feel weird, and we put the scarlet letter on their chest, Bring right? But uh, I want to be the dude that throws the party. Bring you know what I'm saying? Road. That's what I'm on. Come you know on. what I'm saying? Uh, so, um, yo, I, I hope I hope for all of us that um, that we're that we're party promoters. Ooh, that's fire! Go make a flyer. Yo, hundred percent, right? Like Elm you know, Street. So, yeah, Elm Street. Yeah. You got Mr. Nice Guy. You about to get Elm Street. Yeah, talk to him, bitch. I'm so, I'm so sorry. You've been holding that mic for a minute. I'm so sorry. It's fine, guys. Thank you for the opportunity to to um, speak and have the platform. But I actually have a question for all three of y'all. So, um, partially, I mean. In our ministry, um, I'm a part of Love World E Church in Dallas, or it's in Frisco. And something that our pastor had mentioned to us that was really, really interesting that just goes back to the relationship talk that y'all had. Um, he used a really big example. He was really referencing life um, and not necessarily relationships at the time. But um, he he used something for everyone. I think it was a um, either some type of private meeting that we had. And he said, there's three stages of your life. And he said that there's your morning, there's your afternoon, and there's your evening. And he classified each category as the morning, as your develop your developmental portion of your life. Um, you planning your goals, things of that nature, not necessarily executing it yet, but you have this um, inspiration, whether it was by the Holy Spirit or it was by your own um, personal things that you just want to achieve. And your afternoon is you actually walking in that. You're walking in that manifestation that was inspired by the Lord or, um, like I said, just anything that you had some type of inspiration. And the evening is you basking in those blessings. So after you've done all that work, you're, you know, you're walking in that, that grace, the money, anything, or just the, um, the fruits of your labor. Um, so my question for you guys is, um, well, I'll say this. Shortly after that, I was asking the Lord because there was a lot of personal desires that I wanted for myself as an individual. And I said, you know, Lord, mind you, I kind of forgot about this message too. Um, point me in the direction of what to do. I need some insight. And he knew the desire that I was talking about. And that's why I love the Lord. I didn't have to say much of anything. He just said it. He's like, I know you want to be in a relationship. I know you want to get married. I know this is a desire that you want. And he told me loud and clear, people who are in the morning of their life cannot worry about being in a relationship because you're in the developmental stage. It doesn't matter if you are a man or you're a woman. If you're not able to 
bask in understanding what I'm developing in you, all the things that you're lacking, you're gonna put that into your marriage. So all the things that don't, that you didn't wanna sit, the, take the time to do, even if it was like, like you said, therapy or just understanding the Lord to his fullness or perfecting your relationship with him, if that's not settled and solidified, your marriage is not gonna last. And it touched me because I watched different things in my parents that alarmed me. Um, I'm very young and I, I completely understand what I don't want. So I guess my question for all three of y'all is, and you also mentioned that you were married before, um, which I'm asked like two questions in one. What part of your life, whether it's the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, would you say that you're in? And what would have you done differently if you understood the analogy that I just put? Um, if you just would have heard that, probably just walking around or anything of that nature, um, having the understanding, like if I was completely developed, how would have I processed this completely different? And um, if I was hearing the spirit of God, how would I assess a relationship and pretty much learn how to edify myself? So, um, I think it's possible to, possible to be at um, different yeah. stages um, of your life at different parts of your life. They're at the same time. Right? So, I would say that in some, some uh, parts of my life, I'm in the morning stage. And there are some stages of my life where I'm, I'm, I'm in the evening stage. I'm kind of enjoying what God has already done. Uh, but I, there are some things that God has been speaking to me about um, that I, I have yet to walk into yet. Uh, one of those things is actually a podcast um, that, you know, that I've been just praying about and dreaming about and, and putting some vision behind and, and different things like that. So um, I think it's quite possible to be at multiple seasons at mo at different stages right um so that's what i would say to that in terms of what i would have done differently based upon um what you explained i don't know i don't know um i i know what i i know some things that i would have done differently but um but up against the backdrop of uh, backdrop of what you described i'm not sure yet i i can tell you this though i would have taken my time you know what I'm saying? I feel like, in, you know, um, in dating, we rushed through some things that I think would have um, produced more clarity had we slowed down and, and taken some time. I remember when I was younger, my grandparents would always say, take your time, baby. Time will tell you anything you want to know, right? And I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now, right? Um, there are just some things that there's no substitute for time. You know what I'm saying? So, Yeah, I, I think... Uh one of the, the coolest parts about traveling overseas is thinking that everybody's on the same time as you. Like when I went to Europe, I'm there, I'm calling my friends, and they're like calling, answering the phone like, hey, man, you okay? I'm like, hey, you ain't up? It's like, bro, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. This nigga was calling the podcast group chat at like 3 a.m. consistently for like two weeks. I was like, hey, bro, how y'all doing? It's like, bro, we sleep. <laughs> We're tired. It went well. And I'm like, man. It went well. <laughs> it went. We're fine. We're good, bro. Leave me alone. 
And so a, a lot of times. Yo, you childish for that. Hold on. It, it went well? No, no, no. That's, that's what we were saying. Because he's calling us. He's calling us at 3 a.m. After the judge. I was about to say. Nah, he's calling us at 3 a.m. Trying to figure out how the pie went. It went well. I'm worried about it. You know what I'm saying? I don't have my Please leave us alone, bro. Please leave us alone. We drink coffee every single, you know what I'm saying, meal. We get coffee and water with the gas. You know what I'm saying? Sparkling water for those not cultured. Right? And so for me, understanding that. At the end of the day, it's we may be in different parts of the day, yeah. but the parts of the day is contingent on your placement. That's good. Right? And your positioning. And the tough part is understanding that even if I'm placed in another spot, I may be experiencing jet lag. Because wow. me thinking that I'm ready for the morning. <laughs> When I was so used to the celebration, and I got caught up in the celebration, but by the time I got back, it's like, hey, bro, you need to rest, because cause you're not on the same time as everybody, because you're in a different season, a different place, right? That's and crazy. so, yeah. for me, um, wow. in the relationships that I have had, with the question being, what would I have done different? If I would have done different, I wouldn't have been able to get the lesson Man. And so, through three, one, two, three, four, and five, I was able to learn so much from all of them. And where I went wrong, and then in what I could have done better, yeah. and then in my responses with all yeah. of them individually, yeah. I got to experience different emotions, different types of people. And I'm like, man, I really like this about Bree one. Yeah. I like this about Bree two. I don't like that about breed three. You know what I'm saying? This is all facts, by the way. I, it's a lot of breeds in my, in my repertoire. Yeah, it's five of them. Six, four that I actually dated. And then you got the other, yeah. This is, yeah, I got, yeah. Okay. We, we, we six, count about them six. Yeah, six, six, six breeds. You know, um, <laughs> stay away from breeds. Keep going. You were going so you were doing so good. You were doing so hey man, it's good. me though. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, but, but but with that, I don't know if if I'd be willing to forsake the lesson. Yeah. Just for understanding that I wouldn't have to go through it. Come on. Because even in the most recent recent relationships I've had, I'm like, man, there's still some things I needed to learn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and. I've learned how selfish I can be. Yeah. I learned how impatient I can be. I learned how, how much I actually have grown in conflict resolution. I learned how I've grown in talking to women. Yeah. Right? And I don't think I would have done anything different knowing that I would sacrifice the lessons and the growth that I actually have and where I'm at today. I, I think what you're hearing is, you know, and I, I'm going to just agree, is that like, Perfection isn't worth what you learn with your failure. I like because that perfection is where God lives. So I would never, ever sacrifice the ability to be disciplined by my father just so I could operate in the same capacity that he does. You know what I'm saying? So I think we get again, it's that same mode of like getting into this space of my failure now automatically has to equal regret. I, there are some things that I wish I didn't do, 100%. And I can, there's a few things, right? There's a few things that, like, man, God, like, 
I don't got a lot of regrets, and I'm not even saying this is a regret, but I wholeheartedly wish I didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? But I think, moreover, what I realize is that in my personal life, those things are connected to like grieving people who are close to me. But one, what I realize is that the things I wish I didn't do that, that grieve these people, they don't love me any less because of it. And so when that love, when, when I realize that love isn't lost, it gives me the ability to learn, to, to focus on what the Lord is trying to pull out of me. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of times we get caught up in what we did wrong and what we wish we could have done better, that we miss the Lord is strategically placing people around us that cover us to fail, that give us the grace to fail because in my failure, again, I'm getting disciplined, I'm learning. So, like, there's not a single thing I wish I would have done better. Do I, you know, do I wish I wouldn't have hurt some people? A hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Do I wish there were some lessons that I didn't have to learn so tough? Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think in the process, I get refined. You know what I'm saying? And I think, again, just echoing off of what what they've been saying, uh, to the morning, afternoon, and evening analogy, I think I'm in a lot of different places, right, in a lot of different areas. Um, but one thing I'm, I've learned not to do is get ahead of God in the process. You know what I'm saying? I've also learned that, yeah, I've also learned that, like, how God operates is not linear. God doesn't say, okay, you go here, 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 and then here. He doesn't say that. He's like, okay, look, I got you here, 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 here. And we're going to work on these two things right now, but we're going to put these things off to the side. And then I may not deal with you directly right here, but I'm going to send somebody to, to, to that I'm going to move through to help you in this area. And all these things are happening at one time. But if you're not, if you're not doing what John 15 tells you to do, which is abiding in the Lord, right, abide in me. If you're not abiding and resting the Lord, then you're going to look at all these different things. You're going to be like, Lord, I'm overwhelmed. I've got to work on this, 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 and this. And the whole time, what is Jesus saying? Abide in me. I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. So when you're connected to me, you're automatically connected to the one thing, the one person that knows exactly what to take away. I don't have the burden of worrying about what I need to, you know what I'm saying, get better on, what I need to focus on, what I need to improve on in this time. Because if I'm abiding, I'm, I'm also near the person that's going to tell me. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I think we get caught up in, like, trying to get ahead of God in the process. And, and, and speaking to desire, I think, and this is just generally just I think it's good for everybody to think about like we have to really start questioning like why do we want these things you know what I'm saying like why why do I want to be married why do I want to be like all these things why do I want this job because the Lord is more so focused on the heart behind the ass than he, than he is the, the ask itself right if you look at uh, we were talking about Solomon if you look at uh, Second Chronicles chapter 1 right after David dies the Lord comes to Solomon, he asks him, you know, what do you want? Solomon says, essentially, hey, I want wisdom so I can lead your people. Not so I can be the smartest, not so I can be the yeah. most well-remembered the leader, but so I can lead your people. I've seen you've given me people that, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of them. He's like, I don't possess it. So, and then, he's, and then the Lord responds like, yo, I'm not only going to give what you asked for, but nobody before you will have it like this, and nobody after you will have it like this. 
And so what do we learn from that? One, when you ask for something, the Lord honors the heart behind the ask. Two, an honorable ask in the eyes of the Lord is something that makes you more effective for the people and places that he's taking you to, not for your own personal gain. Too many times we have desires that are only singularly beneficial. It only benefits you. But if the heart behind the ask is so that you can be led in a more uh, a fruitful and profitable way for the people of God's kingdom, he's going to honor that thing. So our desires also have to be checked. And, and what's deceitful about desires is that a big house seems harmless. Lord, there's a lot of big houses. Why can't I have one? Well, he's trying to get you to look deeper at your heart. He's trying to get, get you to look deeper at your why. Ha. Oh, we're done. Okay, yeah. Y'all have partaken Went another episode of Black Men Do Talk, where we have overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. I am your host, Street Hills. My name is Elisha. Nate, thank you so much for coming out. Live studio audience, make some noise for Nate. You know what I'm saying? Hey, make sure y'all go follow Nate at From Nate with Love on all platforms. All platforms. Shout out to our boy Caleb, the other co-host out there in New York. Absolutely, I get buckets. We love you, dog. Yes, yes, the voice, the voice. Y'all be blessed, man. Y'all have a great 2023. Peace, peace.